We're pleased to partner again with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means in running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. Go to calm.com slash AMR. For a limited time, get 40% off your Calm premium subscription with hundreds of hours of programming, unlimited access to Calm's entire library, and new content added every week. Get close. Flamingo makes an award-winning razor and body care products that aren't overpriced. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Dimity McDowell. Hello, Dimity. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Welcome home. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I uh, have made my first trip since returning from our uh, February 2020 Hilton Head retreat. I <laughs> um, So 15 plus months without getting on an airplane. And last week I hopped on a plane and flew out to the East Coast to visit my almost 95-year-old mother and see my sister, see a good friend from a million years ago, and then spend the weekend in the Hudson Valley with my BFF, Chocolate. Oh, what a great trip. And I, I've already heard the download, but I think we need to hear a little bit more. So yeah. so it all went pretty well, minus a little uh, hiccup on the airlines part. Yeah, so that was, um, but hey, it allowed me to see the brood X cicadas because I had to uh, spend an unexpected night in the um, Dulles area in DC, outside DC. So yeah, so after that, I just was like, okay, that's in the rearview mirror and went and saw my mother. And as, as I said, she's about to be 95 and she has Alzheimer's and, um, and she also had a stroke earlier this year, um, which really limits how much she can talk. But so of course she had forgotten that I was coming to visit her. And so, you know, um, if she does, when she does think of me, she thinks of me as being very far away. And so when I got to the, um, facility that where she lives, um, she was in a group session. I don't know what it was like uh, some sort of class. And, and so she turns to me, I'm standing there wearing a mask and she just goes, Sarah, I'm so happy to see you. I just was like, oh my gosh. So some water work started with that. Open the floodgates. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, could you have asked for a better reunion for her to recognize you? And that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So so we spent time together that afternoon and then and I did most of the talking, believe it or not. I (laughs) I held my own on that. And, uh, and filled her in on things. And then the next day went back and saw her again and took her on a nice walk. Um, she's in a wheelchair. Um, so I pushed her around the, um, facilities, um, very nice grounds and there's a paved trail that goes through some like wooded area. And she's like, Oh, I don't come. They don't, I don't get to go here very often. I'm like, yeah, because you got me. I'm taking you. <laughs> we're, going, we're going for 26.2, Mom. I hope you pack snacks. <laughs> um, yeah, so oh, no, it was very funny. She, um, 
So, you know, it's a bit of an ordeal to get someone in a wheelchair down on the elevator and, you know, at the door, da, 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 and she just kept saying, oh, it's colder than I thought out. It's colder than I thought out, which, you know, is the passive aggressive way of saying, you know, like, I'm cold. I want a sweater. Where's my sweater? Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. just thought, ain't no way I'm going back up there. So I said, <laughs> oh, I have a denim jacket in my rental car. Let's go get it. So I just kind of draped it over her. And I said, mom, that's you. I said, you look so badass, man. People are going to be like intimidated by you. And she just thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, so had really nice, really, really, really nice time seeing her. And, um, oh, and um, so when I was saying goodbye to her, um, I said, mom, I just love you so much. And she, um, uh, was it was obvious that she was having trouble talking just because of her stroke and maybe she was a little overwhelmed by emotion. I don't know. And so I could, she was trying to form the words to say it back and she finally comes up with a better solution. She just goes, repeat. Oh. <laughs> she is, you know what? She's a badass and she's like a, tw- a teenager because I think I've said this earlier, Amelia's big thing to say these days is retweet. Oh, it's not repeat, but it's retweet. You know? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I think your mom was probably trying to say retweet. Right, right, exactly. And maybe she did a little hashtag sign with her fingers. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. And so then I spent the weekend up in the Hudson Valley of New York, which is just such an enchanting part of the country. My goodness, I just, Dim, I just was like, oh, if only they had a hotel big enough for us to have a retreat at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, we do like an Airbnb and make it a make it a, uh, a whole block, right? You know, yeah, like- have like a compound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was charming. My best friend lives in Catskill, New York, and we went over to Hudson, which is across the river, across the Hudson River. And oh, I got to run across the Hudson River numerous times on the Rip Van Winkle Bridge. I know. Did you do you do you put a picture up? Do you do it four times in one day or four times total? I was like. Nope four times in one day because um, <laughs> well because because Catskill is known as the San Francisco of the east or uh, something the San Francisco of the something because it's super hilly okay and so to get up to the bridge was quite a climb and so I wanted to go six or seven miles and I was like well it's nice and flat here so <laughs> So I went across and then there was a paved trail that didn't go very far, but I went on that and then turned around, went back. And I'm like, well, you know, when you run someplace that you're not going to perhaps ever be again, or at least be for quite a while to do it repetitively, isn't the same as going, you know, back and forth on your own block every single day. It's like, well, yes, this is what I just saw a couple minutes ago, but I'm not going to see it again for months and months and months. So um, yeah. 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 So that's just funny funny to me. I'm like, I I literally wondered that because I was like, oh, I wonder what she did. Like bridge repeats, bridge repeats. (laughs) Um, So, oh, and there's all these wonderful mansions and historic homes, like large, um, historic homes there of the painters from the Hudson River School of Painting, which I'm sure you're well aware of. Um, and so there's Thomas Cole, his house is in Catskill. And then across the bridge is um, a wonderful home of Frederick Church, who kind of founded the whole Hudson School um Hudson River School of Painting. And so his property is called Olana. So um, Chalkley is a big walker. So we hiked up there and boy, that was really hilly, but it was just the most fantastic mansion with these just stunning views of looking out across the river into the Catskill Mountains. And oh, it was just breathtaking. 
Wow. Yeah. I will say yeah. I have heard of the Hudson River School of Painters, but I have not. Okay. I didn't know their names off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah. So yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for schooling me on those. Well, and you tried on some really cute jumpsuits. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the shopping. Oh, my goodness. So Hudson, New York just has has had fantastic shopping for a really long time. And it's only expanded since I uh, went there dim in 2013 before we had our really great party in Albany at was it Fleet Feet or Roadrunner? I think it was Fleet Feet, yeah. yeah. Roadrunner Sports or I don't know something. It was a really great running store there. And I remember people came from Ohio and Canada and Pennsylvania. And so it was a great party. So I hadn't been to Hudson since 2013. And so went there and so went to this store that was run by this really awesome woman. And everything in there was made in America. And she just had a lot of really interesting patterned things. And so she, she had a lot of jumpsuits. I mean, jumpsuits were everywhere in can, at yeah. stores. Yeah. Can we just, uh, a quick diversion. Like, I just, I, I like seeing people in jumpsuits. I think they look very cute. Uh-huh. The idea of wearing a jumpsuit and needing to go to the bathroom just feels like way too much work for me. Like, I, I, I literally would not buy a jumpsuit for that very reason. It would fit me like a glove, you know? The scene in Fleabag when she's wearing, it's more of a romper. She has to go to the bathroom. Probably she just rips it. But, uh, so I ended up, I did end up buying a jumpsuit. You did, Sarah. Wow. Yes, I did. Not the patterned ones, not the crazy uh-huh. ones on our Instagram account. But um, so Chocolate and I, you know, so Chocolate, um, my same height, very tall, um, not present company excluded. We're very <laughs> tall. And, uh, and she has red hair, curly red hair. And so we make quite a pair walking around. So we were just looking at these jump, crazy pattern jumpsuits and we were like, oh, we got to try them on. <laughs> and the owner just went with it. She knew we probably weren't going to buy those jumpsuits, but she let us do it. And, and um, yeah, that was very, very fun putting those on and just goofing around. And well, so what's the one you bought? Uh, it is a dark khaki green, dark army green, short sleeve. Um, it's, you know, like twill canvas or something like that. It ties at the waist and um yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, like I said, they're super cute. I, I, I'm not, I'm not dissing anyone. No, yeah, like, yeah. no, I know personally that like, it would just be hard. I oh yeah. Well, and um, so we, we tried on several jumpsuits. And so I tried on these one, one that was black and it was sleeveless. And um, I mean, it got, so I was like, oh my gosh, I can't get out of this. I can't get out of it. <laughs> and so, so there was only one dressing room at this place. It was kind of big, but Chalk and I were sharing it. And she was in jumpsuit. She's like, I can't get it off. And I'm like, I can't get mine off either. <laughs> <laughs> so we helped each other. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh gosh, it was just, it was great shopping and great food and delightful weather. And it, it was just, and we were just on on the go the whole time yet we never felt rushed we never had anything that we had to be at at a certain time sure, and it just sure. oh it's just perfection perfect so, easing out of the pandemic trip it sounds like that sounds it, just really fun it was it was it was it was so fantastic yeah yeah so well all right well um that has nothing to do with our topic today um as a <laughs> As a nod to Father's Day, we're talking today to Russell Newell, a multi-time Ironman triathlon finisher and author of the newly released Iron Dad Life, which is a candid laugh out loud account of his evolution as a triathlete while fathering three kids under the age of five. Um, He and his wife, Caroline, now have a fourth baby. 
Um, and Russell's book is a bit like a dad's version of our first book, Dim, Run Like a Mother, in its candor, humor, and TMI oversharing, although his book has way more poop in it than ours stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think we broke some barriers and he just kept filling that toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so Dimity, an Iron Man finisher herself, and I will talk and laugh with Russ after this break. Please stay with us. Curex, the final step to better running. Last summer, I told you about Curex insoles, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, which means at running stores, it's the top selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customizable and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoe options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like custom orthotics. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile, yet still deliver maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and back are grateful. I added Curex Run Pro insoles to my shoes. Here I am, a runner of a more advanced age, yet I'm injury-free and have been for a while. I don't think it's any coincidence. Once you become a believer in Curex Run Pro insoles, you'll want to check out the brand's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity-specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for hiking, support set for walkers, even Work Pro for all-day wear for those on-their-feet professions, plus tennis, golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk-free today. The company offers a 60-day warranty even if the product has been cut to fit your sole shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us with code AMR15. As our guest today proves, training for an endurance event is stressful. Add in parenting duties and you've got a ripe mix of stress, anxiety, and probably a good dose of sleep issues. Thankfully, you can navigate change, feel more relaxed, and quiet your mind with Calm. That's why we continue to partner with Calm, the number one mental wellness app. We love the many tools it provides to improve the way you and us feel. During the workday, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks. Lately, my favorite is the strings, synths, and piano of a track called Through a Winding Path. Drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories, narrated by the likes of Idris Elba and Mandy Moore. And my personal favorite, Calm's guided daily meditations. I start most days with the 10-minute daily trip to focus and be reminded I am in control of my emotions and reactions. Last week when I was traveling, I meditated in the evening to wind down and release travel tension. And if you go to calm.com AMR, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every week. It's no wonder more than 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. And like I said, new content is added every week. Get started today by going to calm.com slash AMR. That's calm.com slash AMR. Summertime and the live-in is lived in shorts. This year I made the shift from running in capris to shorts earlier than usual, so you better believe I'm shaving my gams. Even this morning, as I was hustling to start recording this episode on time, I took the time to grab my mint-colored flamingo razor and defuzz my legs. A flamingo razor is a mother runner's best friend in the bathroom. 
Flamingo's five-blade cartridges do an amazing job of giving a clean, close shave on legs, knees, armpits, and anywhere else you choose to shave. Its weighted, textured handle assures the razor sits securely in my hand in my post-run shower, even when I'm rushing to record. Flamingo razors are also pretty, available in four pretty colors, and affordable. The Flamingo Shave Set, which includes Flamingo's award-winning razor, two five-blade cartridges, shave gel, body lotion, and a shower holder, is usually $22. But as a special deal for our listeners, that knocks it down to 16 bucks. And let me tell you about the foaming shave gel that comes with the Flamingo Shave Set. It is luxe. It's formulated to condition and cushion with aloe vera. It's several steps above any shave gel I've ever used. Get the Flamingo Shave Set with everything you need for a luxurious, smooth shave at shopflamingo.com AMR. Again, it includes Flamingo's award-winning razor, two five-blade cartridges, shave gel, body lotion, and that handy shower holder. It's all just $16 plus free shipping, one less trip to the drugstore. Get yours today at shopflamingo.com AMR. That's shopflamingo.com AMR. Welcome, Russ. We're so glad to have you joining us. And I really, really enjoyed your book. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate that. I'm so glad to be on the show with you. We're, yeah, we're excited to, to dig in. Um, but before we get going, we've got to know a little bit about your background journey, Russ. So did you become a runner and then a triathlete or kind of talk about how you got into triathlon without, you know, spilling all the details from your book? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I always played sports, soccer and basketball, Saran, but I wasn't a runner. And then I was working uh, uh, in, up in Massachusetts and a woman I was working with's boyfriend who was supposed to run the Falmouth Road Race, which is a seven mile race, backed out. He sprained his ankle and she was looking for someone to run with her. And I said, oh, that sounds like fun. It was two days away and I <laughs> did about a total of three miles running and did the race and tried to keep up with her and she was really fast and that was a bad idea. I kept up for a couple miles and then had to stagger the rest of the way. But something about that must have hooked me because it was, it was really interesting. And then my friend Jim Kane, who's featured quite prominently in the book, mm -hmm. started running marathons to be healthier. He was a little heavy and he wanted to lose weight and just be healthier and eat better and he started running marathons. And I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time, and he was in Baltimore, or he was running the Baltimore Marathon. He asked me to do it with him. So mm -hmm. I did. I, I trained. I really didn't know how to train for a marathon, but ran it with him and uh, was sore as heck after and couldn't sit <laughs> down or walk very well or do stairs. But uh, I had a lot of fun, and that's how mm -hmm. I got my start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Well, and so then you switched to triathlons. Did you go right? Did you do like kind of do the buildup like sprint, Olympic, half Ironman, Ironman, or did you just go straight to Ironman Lake Placid? We're not very bright. So we went straight to <laughs> Ironman. We should have done some sprints or Olympic distances, but we decided let's, let's do the whole big thing. And wow. it was Jim again, egging me on. We were looking for another adventure or something bigger. And we decided on Lake Placid up in New York, which is one of the oldest Ironmans in the country. And my uncle had done it a bunch. So we said that would be a good one. So we, we decided to do that Ironman, jump right in. Mm. Wow. Because we hear from women who take up running and just fall in love with it and, and have a marathon as their first race. But I got to say, that just pales in comparison of jumping right into an Ironman. <laughs> Like, yeah, wow. and there's so much you don't know when you go in. 
And yeah. I, I learned something new every one of these I do. And we knew nothing back then. We didn't know what we were getting into. That's the truth of it. Did, yeah. did you know how to swim, though? I did, but I wasn't a very good swimmer. And one of the things that really helped me was I was working at Disney at the time. And Disney had a tri-team. And they had a session with some master swimming coaches mm-hmm. uh, that they set up for us. So I went to that, and they really helped me with my stroke. Because with mm-hmm. the swim, it's it's the the form is everything in the swim. And my form was awful. I had really short strokes, so I was doing a lot of strokes in a, a little amount of distance. And they they taught me to really lengthen my stroke and glide across the water. And it was it's much smoother. So if you can do a a smoother swim with the long strokes and let let momentum pull you along, or be streamlined instead of like a pterodactyl thrashing around in the water uh, your swim will be much easier so i had to learn the proper way to swim yeah yeah so how many half and full ironman distance triathlons have you done and what keeps you going back for more that's a good question i've done six full ironmans and one half mm. and our cadence has been every two years we started in 2012 with lake placid and then 2014 with boulder and then 2016 back to Placid and I've done the Maryland Ironman mm, and mm-hmm. I I think it's the camaraderie with the friends who are doing it and you're training if not physically together you're you're talking every day about what you're doing uh, hearing about their training plan and how much they ran that day or biked or swam or whatever they did and it's a real community uh, and going to the like a marathon, it's it, the fans or, or the people cheering you on are so great and so supportive and the volunteers and the atmosphere is really unlike anything else. It's just, it's fun and it's, everyone's really positive and they, they're helping you out. And I, I love that environment. I think that's what keeps me going back and just wanting, I need something out there to work towards, or I, I'd, I'd never train. I, I get really, uh, out of shape. So it's, it's helpful to have something ahead that you have to get ready for, or you'll get killed when you do it. And it, so it yeah. keeps me, keeps me out there running and biking. Keeps you honest. Well, so, uh, so how did you fare during the pandemic? Cause that's an even year. So obviously there weren't any Ironmans or I don't think in 2020 were there. No, I was scheduled to do Lake Placid in 2020 mm-hmm. and it got postponed. So I'm doing it this year, uh, July 25th, and it's still going to be really different we're still trying to figure out what it's going to look like. Athletes have to be vaccinated. So I'll have to bring my vaccinated vaccination card. Only athletes will be involved, allowed to go to the athletes village where they have all the displays and the, uh, the gear to look at. And I don't know how the families will be able to move around or what their access is. We're all trying to figure that out. It's going to look a lot different. Sure. Sure. Well, that's a good segue to our next question, because um, since Father's Day is coming up, we have to ask. So you and your wife, Caroline, were child free when you started doing Ironman training. Yes. But it seems like you've done the bulk of your training as a dad. Um, and we're going to talk later about bringing your family to the race. So just FYI on that. But um, how did becoming a father change your relationship to the sport? It makes it's been a lot more difficult. The more kids I have, and I'm four now, the harder it gets to, to find time. And I always have the philosophy that the, the family comes first. And if the kids have something, that's that's first. Uh, so I try and get up really early 
but the kids seem to get up earlier. They were all up at by <laughs> six this morning. So the earlier I get up, the earlier they seem to get up. And it's just hard to find time. Mm-hmm. So I, I talk about this in the book where I have to incorporate them in a lot of things. With a baby, I put a, I bought a Bob jogging stroller and I bought a Burley, a bike trailer so that I can go for bike rides with the kids. And they like doing that and it's fun. Uh, but it's it's it was a lot easier with with no kids. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can't rewind. I'm sorry. You know, no. they're still going back on four kids. <laughs> so so what are their ages now, Russ? So uh, Peter is eight. Finton is five. I have a Nora who's three. And I have an eight-month-old Fiona. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. And uh, it's been hard to find time to properly train. Well, oh my gosh, it's like you're reading our questions because, um, you know, I would ask you how you juggle fatherhood and training, but you make it very clear in the book that you seem to train very little for your events. I mean, at one point you describe a 12 mile run as quote, your long training run for the season. And later on, you suggest that you sometimes run quote unquote, only 60 miles during an Ironman training cycle. So I want to, I got to know Russ, how much of this is sandbagging and how much is true and wherever the truth lies, how do you manage the demands of helping raise your young kids and swimming, biking, running? Yeah, well, my friends all tease me that I don't do any training, but I, I do. You, I've said this: you can't half, you can't go half-hearted into an Ironman. You have to, you have to train, or you'll you won't finish, or you'll be you'll be in a lot of pain anyway. But you'll be in excruciating pain, and <laughs> I don't know how anyone could do it without training. I will say this year. I'm a little bit nervous because I have not, my longest run so far is 13 miles wow. and my longest bike is 30 and that's oh my gosh. not enough. I have been doing a lot of weight training. So I have a trainer and I, I found for past ones that weight training and cord training, it really helps and aerobic training. And that's early in the morning in my basement, but that's, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of stationary bike at home in the basement early in the morning or at night when the kids are in bed and and you find little pockets of time but it's not the same as going out for a five or six hour bike ride to replicate what's going to happen in the Ironman it's not the same as doing an 18 or 20 mile run to get your legs ready for an Ironman so it's it's going to be really interesting Uh, the more kids I've gotten the less I've been able to train through the years, but somehow I seem to make it through, but I don't do as well as I'd like to do, but that's, that's the balance. Yeah. I mean, Dim, you got to talk to, I mean, you know, so what rush you're like seven weeks out, six weeks out from the race. I mean, what Dim, what was your training like? I mean, what? Oh, I, I mean, so I did one, first of all, I've done one. So that's, that's a, you know, compared to six and coming up on seven is, is much different. But um, I mean, my training was pretty intense. I definitely did, you know, I did a century um, before, I did an 80 mile ride and a run. I did a century on my bike, 100 miles on my bike, my longest training run. I argued with my coach. She said 20, I said 18. I was like <laughs> 18 and done. Actually, Sarah, we were just that talking was about Albany. Albany. Yeah, I was, was gonna say Albany. it was in Albany. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember it was so humid and you just looked so spent. I flew across the country and you were like, I did 18 today. <laughs> <laughs> I got in my bed after doing that in Albany at like 11 in the morning. I was like, I'm lying here until I have to stand up again. Um, but anyway, um, but yeah, so I definitely, I mean, I trained very, I only did one session a day though. That's the thing that, that was kind of my stipulation with, and I had a coach helping me. 
Um, I just said, I can't, you know, except for on the weekends, but even on the weekends, I didn't, I would just do a brick. I wouldn't like, you know, go swim and then in the afternoon go for a bike ride. I was like, I need to, you know, I can do up to like 90 minutes in the morning, but then I have to be done. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. But I just, I can't imagine because I just, I was so nervous going into it, knowing that I did 95% of the training, right? Um, so, I mean, I, you have some muscle memory, Russ, and some and, and a lot of experience, which I think, you know, like you said, you've learned a lot, which I think goes a long way in a long race, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, like what, what, are you, what are your expectations? You just go to kind of rip it up, um, like rip it up as in have a good time? My uncle's advice, the one who's done about 50 of them, Uncle Bob, who's in the book Mm -hmm. he says the goal for me is always to finish happy and healthy and that's always been my goal too i'm not trying to i want to i want to do better than i've done in the past i think we always we all do and we that's why we keep coming back to try and i can if i just do the transition a little bit faster i'll i'll cut my time i know i could do the run faster i i could not walk through all the aid stations like i've always done but then you get there and and your body will tell you what it's capable of and so and I've, I've never felt like I wasn't going to finish except for that one in 2018 where the swim I was just in excruciating pain because you because because why share why because <laughs> <laughs> I, I made a rookie mistake the about 20 minutes before going into the water my uncle the same uncle Bob he chugged a pepper pepper shot and he, he handed it to me and he said, it'll help with cramps because I always cramp up in the, at the end of the swim. And so I'd never done one. Uh, and I said, well, all right, if it'll help with cramps, I'll give it a shot. And I also <laughs> think I overate in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things I've learned. And we can talk about that. I feel like nutrition uh, is everything too during these races. And I've learned a lot about that. Uh, but I really screwed up the nutrition and I had hired a nutritionist and was really doing well. I had, was eating uh, n- eating a balanced and eating clean and eating good food and cut sugar and cut all alcohol. And I was really lean and, and feeling good. And then I did that, that pepper shot and ate way too much <laughs> in the morning. And, and my stomach was a mess. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to make it out of the swim. Did did you tell your nutritionist about the pepper shot? Like I did, and she had said to me over and over, "Don't do anything new race day. Keep it steady. Practice your nutrition. Yeah, and you practice everything. Practice your nutrition during your training rides, and then do the same thing. And then what do I do? I do something <laughs> totally different that I've never done before, and it nearly wrecked me. Did, did you? Did, and I, uh, we won't. I promise we won't spend the rest of the podcast on this, but I really was like, cause it's not just like, oh, I'm going to try a vanilla goo instead of a chocolate goo. It's like, <laughs> it's like a hot pepper shot. I mean, I've seen those, I've seen those things for cramp. I, I, I know exactly what they are. And I'm like scared to try them even on a training run or a training ride or something like that. So like, did you, did you, was it just cause he's family, uncle Bob, he knows what to do or did you give it a second thought? I, I trusted that he knew what to do because he had done so many and he said, this will help with cramps. And I always remember at the end of the race, cramping up and, and really spending a good portion of the swim trying to shake out a cramp. So I thought if this helps with a cramp and I was feeling good, I thought I was going to get a personal record and really do well. And uh, mm. I started off strong in the swim and I, I didn't want to cramp up. So I said, I'll do this. And 
and if I don't cramp up, I can have a really good swim and, and launch Sorry. in the bike. And it was the, the biggest mistake I think I've made in an Ironman. Yeah, but it made for awfully funny anecdotes. <laughs> it yeah. did, it did, right? You all know way too much about my bowel movements. Oh my gosh, I love the woman who like totally was haranguing you when you were in the porta potty And then when you finally leave, she yells at you, you're such a pig. Yeah, so awful. <laughs> I, yeah, I was not a, I was not a nice person. <laughs> Uh, well, regardless of the amount of training you do or the number of pepper shots that you may or may not take prior to a, uh, an Ironman, you write, the only thing you can guarantee an Ironman is pain. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, do you think, because um, Sarah put in, in the notes here, she's like, so Dimity, talk about the pain of your Ironman. And again, I have oh, yeah. rosy eye glasses because it was seven years ago. And, um, but I mean, I, the, the time, the, the only time that I kind of felt pain was probably during like pain, like I don't want to do this anymore was during the run. Right. I had a really good swim. I had a, a bike like I was just trying to be really present on the bike, enjoying that. Um, so do you think that if you I mean, do you think that pain is 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 necessary in the Ironman or or is it just a long day or does it depend upon the person, I guess? I think it's unavoidable to have some pain. And yes. I was I was laughing at something on your website, on your blog, that it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Yes. <laughs> we, we've always said something similar to that, that an Iron Man never is fun. An Iron Man was fun. Yes. When you're going through it, and, and I've felt the most pain on the bike because you're down in that arrow position and your legs just don't get any break from that, that position. So they, my legs really get tired, fatigued, and, and almost numb, and my feet get numb, and I have to pop them out of the pedals and, and shake them and sometimes have to just get off the bike and stretch my back because you're you're down yes. in that position and after six seven hours it, you're you'd all you want to do is get on the run yeah yeah and i guess and you know what it, it's interesting because the way that you say that so pain when i think of pain in sports or like a uh especially when it relates to running i think of like you know, the last, like running an 800 or running, um, you know, trying to run a 5k really fast, like pushing, pushing, pushing where an mm -hmm. Ironman, it's more of just steady effort all day long. So it's more of like a muscular, like, you know, kind of, it's not a, it's not a pushing pain. It's, it's, I've been doing this for a really long time. Like a, di like a discomfort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I would qualify it, Sarah. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the, the definition there needs to, because I definitely was uncomfortable at a lot, but it wasn't that like, oh my God, I got to stop right now. It was more like, how can I manage this? Right. Do I have to pull? Do I have to sit up for a minute? Do I have to walk? Do I have to eat something? That kind of thing. Yes. And I, I'd be curious if you went through this at the end, did you get a surge of adrenaline at, at the end, right before it finished? And oh, were yeah. you able to speed up? Because after oh, the yeah. end of mine all, about a hundred yards out, I'm almost sprinting and I don't know where on earth I get the energy to do that. <laughs> but this surge of adrenaline comes up and you're so close and the crowd is cheering so loudly. Yes. Uh, yes. Somehow I would argue it. that that's a big part of why you do it. Right. I mean, just having that stage and, and feeling that after such a long day and coming home, that feeling of accomplishment is so, so oh, lovely. It and is. I mean, Dimity has these photos that are just amazing of her high-fiving the people and sheer elation is all over your face, Dim, in those pictures. It was like, fun. 
it was yeah. fun yeah yeah. yeah 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 well so russ speaking of the uh end of the of an iron man i love that you admit that you cry at the end of every iron man and i can so relate because i often get weepy in the home stretch of a marathon so what do you think summons your tears and do you feel like you're one of the few guys who cries or one of many i don't know i just get so emotional because you've put so much into it you have trained a lot it's been a, a a big part of your life for six months and the day is such a grind and, and so grueling and it's such a sense of accomplishment so during that sprint i'm bawling for those 100 yards and <laughs> i can't help it the tears just start flowing down and happy tears that mm. you made it because you're not you never know how the day is going to go either mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so to, once you've made it it's i just get really emotional i don't know if Mm-hmm. other guys do or the other people i guys or or women i've run with who are in our our group you gotta yeah. ask jim to, yeah i was gonna say do you know if jim cries <laughs> <laughs> jim jim that first iron man he we didn't think he was going to make it i think he came in in 16 hours or so, an hour before the cutoff because he was having such back issues and he'd have to mm. stop during the run every 100 yards and just bend over and and stretches back and he really had a tough time so i I know he was emotional and when he finished that the look on his face of just uh, exhaustion but elation too was it was one of the neatest things i've seen that's cool that's cool well let's go back to your nutrition russ so you so (laughs) at what point did you decide that you needed some help both with your you know you're eating for while you're training and off you know just your day-to-day meals yeah, it, it's hard. I find it's hard with kids because they want certain things and they're often cookies and other things around the house. And I'm not very disciplined and I always eat them. But I decided I really wanted to try and eat better. And so I met with this great nutritionist, Sarah of So, so Move Nutrition. And we sat down and she talked to me about balancing meals, the right amount of fat, protein, and carbohydrates. And she would measure my body, body fat and muscle quality and all of that, my weight and took a photo. And then we went through six months of, of me cutting, really cutting refined and processed food and sugars and snacks. And I'm not a big drinker, but I'd have a glass of wine with dinner or two. And I, I just cut that out for about six months and it made such a huge difference. I, I went from, I was one, 145 and I dropped to 130 in that six months. I'm a small we, guy. I was going to say, we should say you're five, six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty, pretty light as it is, but uh, my muscle quality improved dramatically. My body fat went from 20% to 13%. Wow. And my mu- muscle quality went from 48% to 95%. And I didn't even know what that was or what it means. And still don't really, but I was, <laughs> I was, that's why I was feeling so good coming to that Ironman. I was feeling stronger. I was, I was lighter, leaner. And it was cause I really cut out a lot of those processed foods, a lot, lot, ate a lot more green vegetables, a lot of Brussels sprouts and broccoli. And that fills you up mm-hmm. and uh, just cutting up, I think cutting out the sweets and the alcohol were the, the biggest things. Yeah. Did you, so, and this is, if the answer is no, that's, you know, I'm lots of leeway here, lots of grace. We've just been through a global pandemic, but I'm curious, were you able to keep up eating that way more or less 
during the pandemic or did you go back to old habits? And, and again, there's no judgment. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I, I went back to old habits and I'm going to try now for this, this next six weeks that I have left to not eat any sugar or refined foods. So I'll, I'll try and lock down for, for at least that, but I have not been able to keep up that we do eat. So we, we do eat healthy. We, we cook a lot of uh, vegetables and lean meat. So we do do that, but I, I just need to stay away from the, the snack tray and the sweets and well, they're hard. at home and it's really easy to walk over to the fridge and find some, some food that's not the healthiest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, so it's evident in your writing that you have a great sense of humor. So do you, how does that help you out on the race course? Do you, do you chat with people? Do you uh, make the volunteers laugh or do you keep it to yourself? Kind of you oh, running well, a commentary all the time? Well, my friends really like to cut on each other and it, in fun, we we're always ragging on each other. Uh, Jim is a really funny guy. And he's always making fun of me and I'm always doing stupid stuff that he can make fun of. It's easy for him. (laughs) And then the other guys, we just, we tease each other and we have a lot of fun with it. Everyone teases each other. Uh, My uncle is also quite a character and he's just always shaking his head at the dumb things that we're doing (laughs) and will make fun of us. So it's, that keeps it light. It keeps it fun. We just, we have a great time. It's, it's always a great experience. And like I said, and you know, this, um, the camaraderie and the community is what really makes, I think, keeps you coming back. And, uh, it's a, it's a fun group. Uh, everyone, and everyone is really supportive too. That's one thing I really like. Uh, all the other athletes are, are supporting you and they're really helpful. If, if you forgot a bike pump, they'll lend you theirs. Uh, if you're, stopped on the course and you're not doing doing well they'll check on you for the most part except maybe during the swim and i write about this where it can get crazy in there where they're running over you and pulling you back and knocking Mm -hmm. into you and they don't care if they if you're in their way they'll swim right over you Mm -hmm. otherwise it's a really nice community do you (laughs) feel like this is this is kind of geeky triathlon but so i did coeur d'alene and that was the first one that they ever did the staggered start Oh yeah. In and um so we we went off in waves. So do you feel like th- with the wave situation it's been like that's been mitigated a little bit the the chaos that is the swim? It has. It, it's still part of it, but it, that's helped a lot. It was yeah. it was brutal when 2500 people would all go go into the water at the same time mm-hmm. angling for the same the same lane, the same quickest point. Uh so that was yeah, that's helped a quite a bit it's you yeah. still bang into each other you still get kicked a bunch but it helps yeah that was fascinating to me that uh iron man like placid has a, a submerged cable that if people want to swim the straightest line so the equivalent of a, you know the black line on the bottom of a pool that was intriguing and that is you swim in lake placid or in mirror lake mirror lake oh okay yeah um, which is nice. a little lake next to lake placid uh, the yeah. lake lake placid Mm-hmm. And right. everyone or a lot of people want to be on that tow line. It's just mm-hmm. a lot easier if you can get on it to sight because it's otherwise I've I've gotten lost. I've swum the wrong direction for a <laughs> quarter to a half mile and then realized oh, no one was around me. I was out in the m- middle of the ocean in uh, the Maryland one. 
Oh, and that, my, that was my worst swim just because I swam an extra half mile. Oh, but the, the tow cable really helps, but everyone wants to be on it. So it's a, it's, you'll get banged around. You'll get jostled wow. quite a bit in there. Wow. Wow. And so then they just keep that cable there the, all the time. They don't put it in just for the race, do they? No, it's there all the time, I believe. And oh. this year I, they're changing that they have to change because Lake Placid is going through some, uh, construction so mm. main street i guess is all torn up the oval is is all torn up where we usually mm. run into the finish line so it's the transition area is going to be different and the swim course i think is going to be a little different so i don't know if we'll be swimming along the tow cable mm. or not everyone's mm. still trying to find out hmm. Hmm. well russ you know this because i mentioned it to you and dim i don't know if you remember but my first husband's family um was uh, almost all from Lake Placid. And so I've, I got to spend quite a bit of time up there and, and I just mirror Lake is an enchanting place to swim. I just adore it. It um, is. Yeah. I mean, I was swimming there by myself. I was, <laughs> went to a <laughs> wedding there and I don't know, uh, maybe 18, 19 years ago and, and got to swim there and I didn't see any tow rope. I might've followed it if I had seen it. <laughs> um, oh yeah. 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 So I had the good fortune to attend uh, the Ironman world championships uh, in Kona as a spectator slash journalist. And I was boggled by how many participants seemingly brought their entire families with them. And, you know, I get it. It's a, it's a huge event in the lives of these participants. You know, the, you know, you usually have to qualify to get to there, to that race. And but I couldn't help but think what a hassle it is for family members to have to go and see their loved ones along the course. And then obviously the expense. So you spend a fair bit of time in the book for us acknowledging how difficult and draining it can be for a triathlete's family to spectate the race. I mean, my heart just, I guess I know I speak for Dimity me. Our heart really went out to, to Caroline when, um, <laughs> about, you know, cause your kids were really young when she was taking you around there. Yes. Uh, and I think the comment I've received most about the book is your wife's a saint. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And she is, she's put up with a lot uh -huh. and it is challenging. It's, it's, and people always say it's a long day for the participants, for the athletes, but it's a really long day for the spectators too. And the families who are cheering them on. Mm -hmm. And I, I always try and position it as a vacate family vacation and that doesn't <laughs> go so well she's yes. uh, asked me if we could just do a family vacation that doesn't have a race attached to it mm -hmm. but lake placid is a great community a great little village for families and kids mm -hmm. it's beautiful mm -hmm. there's a mm -hmm. lot of shops and great restaurants it's where the olympics were so a lot of the there's an olympic museum and a lot of the olympic alpine slides and, and things are still there there's fishing and whitewater rafting and there's and then the lake with the beach so there's mm -hmm. a lot of neat things to do with for families but during the race they're there we get it my aunt connie bob's wife gets a tent on the course same place every year it's really close to town and they rent a house in the town in the village mm -hmm. and it, that makes it a little easier so you can go back to the house mm -hmm. if you're if you're tired or if you have a child who needs a nap or just needs a break mm -hmm. and I used to rent a little place the wilderness in uh, 10 miles outside of the village and I realized that wasn't a really ideal situation for my wife because mm -hmm. once they were in town they couldn't get out to the wilderness in because it's on the race route and the roads are closed mm -hmm. so I took my aunt's advice and got a house 
within walking distance of the village, right mm -hmm. in town. And that made a huge difference mm -hmm. where she could walk down at her leisure and then walk back. We could have lunch at the house because um, it's crowded too. And you're trying to push kids in a stroller through mm -hmm. thousands of people. And it's, it's challenging. It's not mm -hmm. a, a nice relaxing vacation for family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think maybe she needs to be saving some chits and then you know, when, <laughs> yeah. the, when the kids are a little older, I think uh Rancho La Puerta or something like that should be calling her name. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the Italian Riviera is on her list. Right. Yes. Very good. Good choice. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I did again, like the, uh, very different because I've only done one, but I didn't bring my kids. Right. I was an athlete. My husband was um, like my Sherpa, but there was a woman who was also competing with me here, um, who was the, you know, she was, she brought her whole family and she was the one doing the race, not her husband. And, um, at the end she was like, I wish I wouldn't have brought my kids because mm. it's just so much to, well, yeah. And, and not getting into stereotypes, but you know, that's sometimes also an issue is where they go to mom or dad for, something right um yep. so anyway yeah mm -hmm. yeah so yes your wife is totally a saint and um, <laughs> i liked her chapter a lot and i gotta yeah. say the whole um uh, you don't have we won't well actually we should i mean chattanooga you told her you're going to volunteer there and you ended up doing the race um, heading, heading to the race not in turn yeah. oh heading to the race oh yeah that's right but then the swim got canceled i forgot about that yeah so um <laughs> i mean that's that was kind of big huh was that was that kind of a you have a little bit of a domestic over that one that was a bad night for me yes. yeah <laughs> uh, and i learned we'd done the maryland with carolyn hauling the kids around all day by herself and that was really dumb on dumb move on my part and i learned that either i'll i'll go without the kids and i i did that for the next for the 2018 placid i just had my sherpers my buddies didn't bring the family for that um uh, but it is a nice experience with families if you can bring them. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I told her I was gonna, they had, my friends had Sherpa for me for that race. And I said I would Sherpa for them for Chattanooga. And I told my wife, I was gonna just go down there and be their Sherpas and help them out. This is my buddies who we do all the Ironmans together. And then I ended up signing up for it thinking, well, I've, I've been training for Placid anyway. This was the same, this was also 2018, same year. So I'm fit enough. I'd love to try it with them and see, see how I do. So I, I signed up and she found out, uh, I think, well, I sat down with her one night and I, I told her that I was going to, no, I'm sorry. No, she, she found out. She, found she looked out. on the. She looked. <laughs> she entered your name when she was going to track your buddies, and she's like, "Oh, let's enter in Russell Newell to see if he's a registered racer." That's right. Yes. <laughs> How could you and, forget? <laughs> yes, I try and forget. Yes. But she oh gets nervous too. She's really nervous about the swim as is my mother my mother came to the first iron man and they were nervous wrecks about the swim and the bike they were fine once i got to the run but they're worried about a bike crash and a, a drowning mm -hmm. so i tried to i in my mind i was protecting her i didn't want her to worry that i was out there doing it i was just volunteering so that i had good intentions Although, you keep so, you keep telling yourself that russ <laughs> <laughs> so misguided and so she, was, we, she was not happy and we had 
had a long talk. <laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, so are, uh, are the kids going with you this year? Well, they, they are, um, or that's the plan that I rented a house right on the route, right by the village. Um, but my, my wife's mom, uh, is, oh, has, is sick. It was just diagnosed. Oh, oh, right. I'm sorry. Yes. That's thrown everything off. So I, I don't know if they'll come. I don't even know for certain if I will be able to do it this year oh, mm-hmm. with all, I just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see, but the plan was for all of them to go and mm-hmm. be in the house right on the route. And it, it'd be easy, as easy as I could make it for them. Mm-hmm. And, and with, with uh, a nine month old baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so much, so much to do restaurants, <laughs> shopping, tobogganing. Yeah. The nine month old likes to do that. We're just, we're just saying what our listeners are thinking. So we're just, you know, kind of helping a little bit. We're moving the storyline along for you, Russ. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's what? the plan, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. Well, I hope that, that that works out however it needs to. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's talk about the pacing uh, in the marathon portion of oh, yes. the Ironman. Um, you wrote in the book, slow and steady was my initial pace. And, and, and before just slow took over in the later miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's something that like even non-triathletes can relate to. That was definitely my experience. I mean, I didn't, I did not want to run a marathon. I mean, I remember getting out to the T2 transition two and saying to the volunteer, do you want to run this marathon for me? Like I was just in denial that I had to run a marathon. And, um, I did a lot of run walking, um, and and a lot of, a lot of fast walking. Actually, you know, what hurt the most going back to pain or discomfort was my hips because I was like race walking, like, which I never (laughs) did in training. Right. It's like swinging them along. Um, but I'm curious, like, how do you how do you approach a marathon um, mentally in the Ironman when you are trying to to run it all pace wise, pacing wise? Yeah, well, I'm I'm excited to finally get off the bike. I'm so sick of the bike that I'm excited to run, and then that that soon disappears, and then I'm like you, dreading having to go another 26 miles. Right, I go I go pretty slow. And I usually walk the aid stations and I get some sort of nutrition, every aid station, some fluid or a banana. Uh, and I learn not to eat too much. And by then you're also tired of all this sweet stuff. You've eaten yeah. so many gels and wafers and sweet things that you, I'm looking for something salty by the end, but that's my, my pace. I, I just kind of go, I do, I do a, a good bit of walking up the hills. Um, and I always have intentions to, to run through and run, run more. And I, and I, I do think I maybe could push it a little bit more. I've always wondered if I pushed it, would I be in a lot more pain after, but I haven't done that. And I've just run what I could mm-hmm. and just finished, uh, and finished it with my uncle's thought in mind to finish happy and healthy. And, and I'm in pretty good shape after considering, Sure. Maybe that's because I'm not pushing the pace too much. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of food, I was intrigued by the sandwich that you seem to enjoy. It's so it, <laughs> it's Wonder Bread, peanut butter, jelly, chia seeds, cinnamon, and I think I'm forgetting something, right? Peanut butter, jelly, cinnamon, chia seeds, and the bread. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So what is it about that sandwich that, that speaks to you? And I take it you eat it on the bike ride or beforehand? Yeah, I'll eat it during the transition tent. In the mm-hmm. transition tent, I'll wolf one down, and if I don't finish, I'll 
I'll finish it on the bike. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think the mix of protein and the 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 white bread with the the sugar, carbohydrates, and mm-hmm. then chia seeds. I read that book, Born to Run, with the mm-hmm. the tribe that <laughs> eats the chia seeds, and mm-hmm. so I eat the chia seeds as well. And then cinnamon is anti-inflammatory properties. So yeah. that's how I think about it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can pick the chia seeds out of your teeth for at least thirty miles on the bike <laughs> yeah, ride. Right. <laughs> and I remember. The first race I did, I, I had a, I made a sub for the bike ride. So I got out of the transition. I had a big ham and cheese sub. Oh, and, and then I remember going to a se- seminar where a nutritionist spoke and said, now, when you go on, the, you don't want to eat a, 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 you don't want a big ham and cheese sub said those exact same words. <laughs> your stomach can't digest it. You need to find easily digestible things. So I learned that I was doing all the wrong things food wise um so yeah i had a big sub on the bike ride and now it's just gels and and little the little wafers yeah yeah. the waffles oh yeah yeah, the strip waffle type things yeah Uh uh-huh yeah so that's basically all i have now i'll do the i will do the sandwich at t2 Mm -hmm. i mean at the transition I'll, i'll make that sandwich but otherwise it's just the things that i can digest easily mm-hmm mm-hmm all right. Well, we love um, TMI talk around AMR. And as I said in the intro, you talk a lot about poop, especially diarrhea in the book. And so um, during that 2018 Lake Placid race, you wrote about a product that I'd never heard of before, base electrolyte salt. Oh, and yeah. um, given that it seems loose bowels plague a lot of our ladies before and during training runs and races, you've got to clue us in, please. And um, also I have to say, I, um, we love that you, like us, love noon. So we love the shout out you gave to noon electrolyte tablets. Oh yeah. Book. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. My uncle got me into that. Nice. nice. So, <laughs> that was a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You're like, well, you recommended noon. So, I mean, this, this capsaicin uh, stuff must be great. Um, so, so sort of different things, but so talk to us about that base electrolyte salt and how it, and particularly its effect on your digestive system. Yes. Uh, well that the handout during the run they, they have a tent and they're little capsules of it that you can do kind of like a the pepper shot, but it's, it's pink salt or mm. t- salt that they say has certain electrolytes or minerals that will replenish whatever your body's losing. And so I'll, I'll always grab, if you like the salt tabs mm-hmm. and it keeps me from cramping mm-hmm. and they, I haven't had a problem with those stomach wise. I think those have worked pretty well and i haven't cramped during the the runs at all so See, but you so you sort of gave the impression in the book that it also helps kind of you called it like a modium like a, a you know that it works kind of like a modium and that it makes it so you don't have to poop oh that, you know yeah well i think everything had cleared up by the run <laughs> so okay. i don't know if that was part of it or not okay all right i was like oh this can be the solution um, so it's, it's possible yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I had just gotten it yeah. all out of my system. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cleared the shoot. You know, just uh, just putting this out there. I don't know. Again, just going back to that pepper story. I don't know that I would be take. I, I would. I would trust your nutritionist, Sarah. Yes. I don't know if I would trust <laughs> Uncle Bob, <laughs> Uncle Bob, and Russ on on the um, on what to take when. Yeah. No. And I always thought you had to eat a ton of food, a big, huge breakfast, and oh. apparently that's not the case. That the big meal should be. <laughs> The night before, two nights before, and 
and yeah. eat a Two lighter breakfast. Yeah, light breakfast, and then the night before, like eat at like four or five, like do a, a blue light special because mm-hmm. or blue plate special, blue plate. Um, <laughs> or blue hair special. Yeah, I don't go, know. Go um, prostitute section of Amsterdam. Yeah, that's the red. Isn't that the red? That's light, a red though? light. Yeah, so, yeah, but adjacent to it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that you have some time to digest, you know, and have your stomach. You go to go to bed on a fairly on a stomach that is more digested than not. Get up, empty out, and go mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I I didn't learn that lesson for a while. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you, heard, you heard it here now, Russ. So. Yes. <laughs> well, um, thank you for joining us. Have a happy Father's Day, and we hope that the race works out for you next month. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And I I will let you know how it yes. goes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Take care. Okay. Take care, Russ. Happy Father's Day. Thank you so much. Have a great mm-hmm. day. So, Dim, make you uh, feel like doing another I am or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> thought of that marathon again? No, thank you. No, thank you. But I love I love that he, his attitude. I mean, he obviously has a great sense of humor about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he has um, his community around it. I mean, that's one thing. I didn't do enough to to kind of find that. I mean, I found it, of course, at AMR, but like I did a lot of my train, all my training, but well, I did a little bit of training with people, but most of it by myself. And mm-hmm. um, and then race day, I was, you know, uh, Grant was there and Bree, the co- woman who's coached both of us was there, mm-hmm. which was great. I mean, so uh, great to have them there. But, and, yeah. and I guess I knew, I knew, um, Meredith swim bike mom was competing and then my friend okay. Kari was there competing. So I saw a lot of them, but, um, but didn't quite have that, like that, you know, the idea of going back again, mm. um, for what was for me a pretty solo experience again. Mm-hmm. And I could have changed that, you know, and there's definitely training groups around here and stuff, but just mm-hmm. the way that it worked out as far as <laughs> kids and schedules, <laughs> you know, um, I had to kind of do it a lot early. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking of community, um, folks, you need to sign up for our Portland retreat. There's only a few spots left. Um, our Hilton Head Island retreat is sold out. So Portland, uh, which is October 22, October 22 to 25, is your chance to retreat with us. Yes, uh, our home base is going to be the historic Embassy Suites yeah. by Hilton Inn. Oh, by Hilton. Yeah. Yeah, Embassy it's, Suites by Hilton. God, they're all merging into one big thing. I know, right? Sponsored and, by Marriott. Yeah, right. Um, um, it's in the heart of downtown. It's a grand dame hotel that has been lovingly restored. All rooms are, as the name implies, suites. So you can share with a friend or a sister, a niece, a daughter, whatever, an adult daughter. We don't want uh, kids no, Russells. And no kids, kids. <laughs> running around. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we put our heads together. We came up with some different sessions. There's going to be Pilates for runners, coaches, Jen and Liz, as always are going to be there um, working on running form. There's a life coach who will give insight and guidance into managing your thoughts and habits so you can build a life you truly love. And then Dim, I'm so excited about the race that we are doing. It's the Columbia Gorge Marathon, half marathon and half marathon relay. So that would be 6.55 miles. And it starts and ends in scenic hood river, which I'm just so excited Dim for you and the team to see. It's just, yeah. Cheer squad's going to be epic that day. So um, if you're not, even if you're, you know, if the half marathon relay, like Sarah said, is a little over a 10 K, um, if that isn't doable for you for whatever reason, 
honestly, we have more fun at the cheer squad. We get oh, yeah. donuts yeah. and peanut M&Ms and cowbells <laughs> and coffee to go. And it's just a blast. Yeah. Yeah. And there's all sorts of extras. I mean, we have the weekend's just going to be jam packed. There's an excursion to Powell City of Books with Adrian and me. Molly and I, my best running friend and I are taking folks to the Portland Art Museum on the afternoon after the race. Um, it is a lot, a lot. It's going to be so much fun. And like I said, we have just a few spots left to register, find out more details, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on that events tab at the top, and there's a drop down menu. You'll see Portland Retreat. So again, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on events to find all the details. Yes. And our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Mm-hmm.